Chapter Four of the Desirable Alien at Home in Germany by Violet Hunt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Utopia by Ford Maddox Heffer. Footnote: Utopia refers to the town alluded to in the previous chapter as H. J L F M H. End footnote. Some years ago, I was discussing with a friend, a friend who was celebrated for his building of utopias, what would be the most agreeable form that it would be possible for a country town to take. It was to be a country town which was to be suited for our own living in. It wasn't therefore to be too big, and it wasn't therefore to be industrial. 30,000 inhabitants is a good size for such a town. We were thinking rather of Oxford or Cambridge, because Oxford and Cambridge are probably the only towns outside London where there would be enough of lettered society to make living possible in England. So we said we must have a university in our town, not too big or too distinguished a university, because that would make the society of the place altogether too donnish. No, let it be a university founded about the 17th century, so as to have some tradition, but one which has not enormously prospered, so that it may not be overbearing. It ought to have a fairly good university library that, being in correspondence with other university libraries, should be able of itself to supply most of the ordinary books that we needed, and from its correspondence it should be able to supply us with nearly all of the rarest of books upon occasion. Thus, for society, we should have the professors, and on account of the educational centre that the place was, we should have the advantage of the company of various pleasant families who were drawn there by the need for educating their children. In the nature of the case, these would not be persons actively engaged in commercial pursuits. They would be officers on half pay, civil servants in retirement, or colonial governors. Of course, it would be necessary to have a certain sprinkling of the richer industrial classes to pay the town rates. The place might, for instance, be a centre of the cigar-making industry. Cigar factories are not necessarily buildings of an overpowering ugliness, and we must have the town fairly wealthy so as to present a clean, flourishing and spacious aspect. The centre of the town would have to be old, with narrow cobbled streets and high gabled houses. There are, of course, objections to these sins against modernity, but the electric trams will just have to run slowly. And as for sanitation, there'll be no need for a dense population in the centre of the town, and we shall gain immensely in corporate and traditional feelings. Of course, we must have a small marketplace with an old gabled town hall. And we must have one or two old white patrician houses. I don't know even that we would not have an old palace, a big rambling erection of ironstone, to remind us of the time when there were patriarchal potentates. Of course, within the town walls, there would not be too many old buildings, even when we are constructing utopias. We have to remember that we exist only by the sufferance of history so that where the 16th century houses have been cleared away, 
we can't see any particular objection to white square houses of the late eighteenth and early nineteenth centuries they should mostly have green shutters and all of them stand in fairly large gardens so that wherever we happen to stand unless it was actually in the gabled marketplace we should always see apple boughs pushing round the corners of walls or mulberry trees rising above low roofs when it came to the town walls these would have been swept away some time ago but we would not have let the space upon which they once stood to be built upon no eighty or ninety years ago we would have had them planted with trees of a fanciful kind flowering shrubs and grass so in the hot weather there would always be a shady walk of pleached limes all round the town to give us exercise when it was too hot to go farther afield i think we would be the chief town of the agricultural province in which we dwelt in that way we should have an excellent railway service and we could also have our own courts of justice these buildings of course would have to be outside the town walls you might say that the courts of justice ought to be in the old palace but the old palace is not very adapted for that we want justice to be dispatched as easily and as quickly as possible and we don't want to be stifled when as part of the public we wish to attend a lawsuit so for the palace itself i shall give up one wing to state apartments in case the reigning sovereign should choose to pay us a visit and walk about the town smoking a cigar and the rest of the palace should be given up to part of the garrison and of course we shall have our two lines of electric trams running every seven minutes from the railway station right through the town past the theatre and out to the beginnings of the woods for of course we want a theatre a big finely decorated building with the stage large enough for the production of anything up to parsifal in the theatre there must be a stock company that can play passably well almost any play that we can think of it must be able to give us the merchant of venice and someone else charlie's aunt it must be able to give us a translation of the very latest french comedy as well as mrs warren's profession ibsen's lady from the sea or sudermann's die ehre you may say this is impossible but we are dealing with utopias of course in the summer months when listening to the serious drama is oppressive we should give the stock company a holiday and roving license their places will be taken by a company coming from somewhere else and playing operettas and musical comedies in these seasons when it is sultry the sliding roof will be taken off the theatre the prices for seats will be so small that we could command that every peasant upon the sunday should have not only his fowl in the pot but his pagliacci in the evening and closing our eyes we seem to see ourselves looking upwards from the auditorium of such a theatre and seeing above us the stars and craning over all round the balustrade of the gallery the quaint caps of the peasant women and the three-cornered hats of their husbands of course that too is utopia but we are commanding what we like from an ideal bill of fare let us continue to exhaust the intellectual and artistic sides of our community for two days a week 
and on Sunday afternoons, the players would not play, and the theatre would be given over to the musical society of the town. This musical society would be fairly rich and fairly powerful. There would be a musical faculty at the university. The local garrison would afford us wind instruments. On full-dress occasions, we could command an orchestra from a neighbouring metropolis. We should be able for a night, now and then, to pay the fees of some really great virtuoso who happened to be touring in that countryside. The university could lend us its small orla for chamber concerts, the theatre being too large, and choral music, we could raise about five hundred voices from the town and its surroundings. Choral music would be rendered in the great collegiate church, where there would be a fine organ. For the fine arts, we would set aside a largish gallery, where the collections of pictures would be changed every two months. At times, we would outrage the townsmen with loan collections of post-impressionists. At times, we would tickle their vanity and their interests by collections of pictures representing the scenery and history of the neighbourhood. Now and again, with a special effort, we would get together some Rembrandts, or a collection representing the English school up to 1820. We should, of course, have an excellent museum of local archaeology. The university itself would look after stuffed animals. Probably three or four cinematograph theatres would spring up in the place, and we should have nothing against them. And there would have to be, say, half a dozen cafes where one could drink anything from chocolate to cocktails, listen to small orchestras and read the foreign newspapers. There would have to be also at least four open-air restaurants, one in each wind quarter amongst the woods that surrounded the valley in which the town lay. The town itself, I think, ought to be in a broad grass valley, because we want a river for boating, and river meadows where the washerwomen can lay out the linen on the grass. Near the town there should be a couple of old castles standing high on pyramids of basalt. These would remind us of the times when robber barons kept the town under, before the benevolent potentates of the old palace unified and civilised the country. They would also give us pleasant places to which to make excursions. In the valley itself we would have a very rich peasantry, so that whenever we stood anywhere upon a little hill, we could see the great stretches of rich, pleasant country with a large number of little villages, twenty or thirty little villages with red roofs and the bulbous leaden spires of churches, and the stalks flying down to the streams, and the woods covering all the hillsides. And, of course, as we were the chief town of the province, we should have large hospitals, very large hospitals with the most modern equipments. Naturally, these will be attached to the university, and naturally, the university would have for its professors one or two of the finest surgeons in Europe, and one or two of the finest physicians. This would make us feel infinitely safer in our utopian country town. Of course, such a town is impossible. It is unthinkable. And yet, from this town we are writing. Yes, there isn't the least doubt of it. Once we may have lived in Arcady. Now we live in Utopia. 
there isn't a single thing missing of all the things that we have catalogued the theatre is there and the university library and the musical society and the companies and the peasants who go to the opera and the electric tramways and the palace and the hospital there are even seven booksellers shops of the first class whereas in london you cannot find one bookseller of the first class in the whole of the western suburbs so when you come to think of it we are living in utopia yet in high germany the town of which we are citizens passes for a very miserable little nest and the town rates are not as high as they are in any english village it is odd we are living in utopia we are living in an earthly paradise there can't be any doubt of it but just at this moment a man comes in and tells us that the washing will not be home till tomorrow morning and we become frenzied with rage we say that we will break the neck of this excellent and long-suffering valet if he does not get all our collars back by three o'clock yes we are all citizens of an earthly paradise but if we may be permitted the expression you'll be damned if we do not leave by the six nine for london end of section four